Thank you for listening to Simple Church, where we love God, love others, and serve our world. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Tom Allen. We start a series that for four weeks is going to try to help us be prepared to share our faith with others with no fear. Because I think fear is the thing that holds us back quite often. So today, we talk about uh, always being ready. I want to start out with some very personal questions. I hope this won't be offensive to you, but I'm going to ask you a very personal question about yourself. And that is, how many of you here today feel that you have beautiful feet? Would you raise your hand if you think you have beautiful feet, all right? And we'll just take your word for that, okay? All right. How many of you think your feet are not beautiful? Would you raise your hand? Okay. All right. We'll take your word for that also. Um, How many of you think that feet are probably one of the ugliest parts of our body? Would you raise your hand? I do, especially mine. Okay. That's why I wear socks and shoes, okay, along with other reasons. Well, now, I have some good news for you today because the Bible, through the Apostle Paul, tells us that we can have beautiful feet. And he tells us how over in Romans chapter uh, 10, and then verses 8 and 10, and then uh, 14 to 15. Let me read it for you, okay? It's really pretty cool. It says, and that message, and the message is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, all right? And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. Then he says, here it is. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the good news. For it is by, and then he says, four different statements that lead us to a very important conclusion for our lives. He says, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Here's the first statement. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can anyone believe in Jesus Christ, okay, unless someone cares, all right? Secondly, how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? You can't believe in something you haven't heard about. And how can they, number three, how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Okay, Then the fourth statement is, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? So God wants people to believe, but how are they going to believe if they don't hear? And how are they going to hear if someone doesn't tell them? And how are, is someone going to tell them unless we feel like we're sent to do that? And so this series, called Prepared, is all about, in these four weeks and especially the last two Sundays, is preparing us to be able to just openly and fearlessly share the faith that we have in the Lord. Then he says this, that is why the scriptures say, here's your hope for your feet, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So the Bible is very clear. Once we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have the opportunity, the responsibility, the privilege to share that hope, that faith that's in us 
with other people. But we need to be clear and secure in our ability and in our method of letting others know about Jesus Christ. So when you go over to 1 Peter, he tells us how to do that. We're going to see a little bit of it now and a little bit toward the end of the lesson. 1 Peter 3.15, he gives us this instruction. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord in your life. That means dedicate, set aside your life, have Christ as kind of the, in the circle of your life, all right? And when that's true, he says, and, it, and if someone asks about your hope as a believer, if someone comes to you and says, why do you have this hope? Why do you seem to be able to make it through things I can't make it through? Why do you say that you have a confidence that God is your Father and heaven is your home? He says, and if someone asks about your hope, that's what we have is a hope as Christians, as a believer, then always, here, here's our prepared thing, always be ready to explain it. Always be ready to explain it. What a tragedy it is if God puts someone in our path, in our life, in our family, in our friendships, and we aren't ready when that opportunity comes to be able to tell them what our hope is, what our faith is, what we believe, okay? Now, in witnessing, one of our problems is we think we've got to know all about the Bible, and we got to know all about theology, and we got to be able to defend our faith, and we got to be able to explain the church and know the Bible pretty much backwards and forwards. But the Bible says the only thing that you and I have to do to be witnesses for the Lord is to be prepared to defend the hope we have. When Jesus Christ became my Savior, I receive the hope that my sins are forgiven, that I'm a child of God, that God is my Father, that Christ is my Savior, that He paid the penalty, that I don't have to worry about the future. He's going to walk with me and guide me through it and ultimately take me to be with Him in heaven. That's my hope. And what we need to do is to be able to just explain that. We don't have to know all the Bible. We don't have to understand all about the church. We don't have to know all of this theology stuff. It's good to know some of that, but, but we don't have to, to be a witness. So here's how to be free from the fear of witnessing. And I really believe a lot of us as Christians are afraid to talk to people. It's amazing. We can talk about the weather. We can talk about politics. We can talk about sports. You know, and that just pours out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But man, talk about Jesus. Witness to our hope. Here's how to be free from that fear. Be prepared to defend your decision, your hope, and your confidence in Christ. That's all we have to do. And here's how it sounds. This is why I follow Jesus Christ. All that we have to do to be a witness is to be able to tell someone why we, why I, why you have followed Christ. We don't have to defend a lot of stuff, and they're going to ask us questions. We don't have to answer their questions. Tell them to go to gotquestions.org, and your question will be answered. Okay? All that we have to do is defend our hope. In other words, be able to give our own testimony of why I, why you, believe in Jesus Christ. Now, Peter talks about two reasons for his decision in Christ. And we see it in 1 Peter 1, 3, and 13. Here's what he says. 
All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I'm going to tell you about my hope. There's two parts to my hope. Number one, he says, it is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Okay? So the first thing that Peter says is, if you ask me why I have faith or why I have a hope, I'm going to tell you I serve a resurrected Savior. I believe with all my life that Jesus died to pay the penalty for my sins and was buried, but he rose again. And every other faith in the world has a leader, someone who came up with it, and they're dead. But my Savior is alive. That's his first Thing that he said, that, that if you're going to ask me my hope, I'm going to tell you about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Secondly, he says, now we live with great expectation, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Watch. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. He said, the second part of my hope is this. The first part is, my Savior's alive, and because he lives, I too will live eternally. But secondly, he's coming back for me. And when he comes back for me, I will be with him forever. That's Peter's hope, okay? So he says, it's not hard to be a witness. You just need to have a statement or two that you can make to people, and then let God take over, and he does. Now, I don't know whether you've noticed or not, but people don't usually take shots at Jesus. Sometimes we're afraid to talk about Jesus. Most people have a good attitude toward Jesus. You know what they have a bad attitude toward? The church and something the church has done to them in the past, or a bunch of those people that call themselves Christians who are hypocrites, you know, or some theological thing that they don't agree with that somebody told them about and didn't explain very well. That's what people are against. They're not against Jesus. And you talk about Christ, and most people will realize, man, what he taught was it was life-changing. And the way he lived his life, man, that's the way I want to live my life. And, and, and man, you know, he was a great leader. They don't have a bad attitude. They just have a bad attitude about us very often. And Christians can be jerks when we go to, to witness uh, for the Lord. I've seen so many Christians who I think are real jerks. God loves them, and so do I. But the thing is that uh, they're jerks, okay? I've gone to Las Vegas, of course, for a Bible conference there, you know, in that place. And, and I've gone to Las Vegas a few times. And what's interesting is if you go to the Bellagio Hotel there on the Strip, and there's these gorgeous fountains that are out there, and it's so much fun to watch them and listen to the music and so forth. And, and around that fountain almost always when I've been there are people with sticks and signs on them. And they say, God hates gays. You're going to hell. Turn or burn, you know. Just all kinds of, man, do you feel the hope in those signs? Do you feel just the hope exuding from those people? What a horrible way to witness for the Lord. Everything they say may or may not be true, but the thing is, it's a horrible way to share your faith because there's no hope. See, our faith is all about hope. It's hope in Christ and who he is and what he did for me. I will never forget. I may have shared this with you. If I did, act interested, please. But uh, when I was in college, before I got my summer job, I worked for one week at a place called the Wilbert Grave Vault Company. 
They make those concrete things that caskets go down in. And so we made those for a week. And uh, as I was working there, I saw a guy that I knew from my home church, but I didn't really know him very well. And one day, uh, the guys were going out to eat lunch out in front of the building, and I saw him go toward the back. So I thought, I'll go out and sit down and get, get to know him. And so we talked, and we fellowshiped for a while. <clears throat> and then I asked him, I said, but why are you back here? And all the other guys are eating their lunch up there. And he said, well, those guys don't like me. And he was a professing Christian. He was telling me all about his faith in Jesus. And, and uh, so I talked for a while, and I said, well, I'm going to go out and join the guys and have dessert. And so went out to the front of the building, sat with the others. And I found out why the guys didn't like him. Because all of a sudden, from around the corner of the building, here this guy came, and he kind of ran over, and there was a truck sitting in front of us with one of those little steps that lead up into the truck. He got up on that step, and he looked out over us guys, and he pointed at us, and he said, you guys are all going to hell, and you need to get Jesus as your Savior, and you need to go to First Baptist Church and hear Jack Hiles, and go forward and get saved. You're going to hell. Now, you know what? Everything he said might be true, okay? But it was a horrible way to witness. And I watched one guy threw his banana peel at him, and another guy threw a Coke bottle at the man, hit the tire underneath where he was standing there. And uh, you know what I imagine? That guy walked off back to the back of the building by himself thinking, well, that's what you get when you witness for Jesus, you know? Boy, you get persecuted because you witness for Jesus, uh-huh. How pathetic. Sometimes we can be jerks. And God doesn't want us to be. He wants us to be free to just let his love and his truth and his hope flow from our lives. And so Peter tells us we are to prepare a defense, but don't be defensive or offensive in your witness. We are to be loving and gracious and kind in our witness, never holding back the truth as God gives us freedom to share it, but always, always caring about that person. Because you see, the best way to witness to someone is to build a relationship with them. The more they know and love and trust you, the more you have an open forum to share your hope. They'll even start asking you about your hope. It's amazing how it works. Peter puts it this way. We read part of this, but notice it. 1 Peter 3, 15, 16. If someone asks about your hope as a believer, now watch what he says. Always be ready to explain it. Always be ready to explain your hope. But, and that but is very important. He says, do this in a gentle and respectful way, which means humble and courteous way. And he says, here's what you want to do. You want to keep your conscience clear. In other words, the way you present it, you want it to be to where you don't create something you have to apologize for later. If that Christian guy who was yelling and screaming at us and sending us to hell, if he would ever come to his senses and understand what true witnessing is, He'd have to come to all of us and say, man, am I sorry. I was a poor representative of Jesus Christ before you, the way I tried to present the truth to you. There was no love. There was no hope. There was no humility. I was just pushing it on you. You never, ever push anything 
that's spiritual. I can't make you do anything spiritual. I can't make you believe anything spiritual. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. But I need to be ready to defend my hope. That's all. Not your hope. I don't know if it's going to be your hope or not. But I can tell you about my hope. I can tell you why I believe. I can tell you why I follow Jesus Christ. If you want to, that'd be wonderful. I'll help you any way I can. If you don't, I still love you exactly the same. It doesn't change one thing in our relationship. Because God loves you and I love you and God cares for us. It's that kind of relationship. Now watch what he says. Then, and I love this. He says, then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. You know what those guys would say about that Christian guy that came and lambasted him? <laughs> They'd say, he's a jerk. And what he has, I don't want. I'd hate to get infected with that. Yeah. But, but Peter says, he says, let people go ahead and because and, 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 we're afraid, you know. Man, if I talk to somebody about Jesus, they might not like me anymore. They may say bad things about me. They may not include me anymore. <laughs> no, if you do it in the right way, in the right time, under the leading of the Spirit and the anointing of the Spirit of God, and not be afraid, just let, let it flow. Man, even if they speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Jesus Christ. So, what we learn today is that we are to be prepared. We are to be prepared to answer the only question that we have to answer. There's just one thing. This takes all the fear out of it if you get this down, okay? And that is, why have I chosen to follow Jesus? If you and I get that down, then we don't have to be afraid. And, and God will give us opportunities as we're building relationships, as we're getting to know people. Sometimes as we just sit by people on an airplane and they start talking about something that gives us an opening to share our faith. We don't have to be afraid because we're not going to push it down their throat. We're not going to try to make them believe because we can't make anyone believe. We're just going to tell them what our hope is. This is my hope. Man, it's, I just am so happy in my hope and in Christ. Then let God do his work and open the conversation and open the doors and so forth. Now, our leverage is the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Understand something. Somewhere in your witness, there needs to be the concept that Jesus is alive. And because he's alive, I live also. I live now with his presence in my life, and I have the hope of eternal life with him forever in heaven. See, a lot of people want to deny a lot of stuff today. A lot of people are trying to deny the Holocaust ever happened. Okay? But I'll tell you, if you go to someone who went through the Holocaust and who was there in those concentration camps, they're going to look you right in the face and they're going to say, hey, I'm an eyewitness. I want you to know I was there. I saw it. I experienced it. The Holocaust was real. And there are people today who are even trying to deny 9-11, that it didn't really happen, that somehow it's a conspiracy, you know, and uh, the government put something together. You know, it's interesting, the, the young people that graduated from high school this spring weren't even alive for the most part when the towers fell. 
So the thing is that they didn't see it. They didn't really experience that. They just read about it in books and hear about it, maybe watch a YouTube video once in a while. There's some people trying to deny that that even happened. But I want you to know something. I remember I was in my office one morning on Tuesday in September of, 19, of 2001. And I was up in my office and my wife called up and she said, Tom, you got to come down here. There's something happening in New York. And so I came down and we turned on the TV and, and we watched. And I saw that big hole in the side of Tower One there. And the flames coming and the smoke coming out of the thing. And then as we were listening to Peter Jennings try to explain what was happening as best as anybody could know, I, I saw this plane coming in on the side of the screen, and it was coming in. And I said to Judy, why are they letting that plane get so close to those buildings? And then we watched that thing plow into Tower Number 2. And then I watched as those things smoked for an hour or so, and then I watched as both of them fell to the ground in utter horror. And for three days we watched all the results and all the sadness and all of the hurt and all of the loss of almost 3,000 people. You see, I know it's true because I saw it. I was an eyewitness to that. And if you don't believe it, I'll tell you it's true. I've also been where the memorial is. And I know it's true. Now, I want you to know after Jesus died and was buried, there were hundreds of people who were eyewitnesses of him. <coughs> Excuse me. They saw him. They talked with him. They ate with him. And if you come and say, Jesus isn't alive, I, I don't believe that, those people would say, and they did, and they went all over the world, and they changed the world with that message of, I was there. I saw it. I saw him crucified. I saw him buried. I saw him alive. I talked to him. I ate with him. He was alive. Now that message is our hope. Okay? Because Jesus is alive, we too shall live. One person put it this way. If a man can predict his own death and resurrection and pull it off, then I'm going to follow him. Okay? If a person can predict their own death and resurrection and pull it off, then, man, you want to follow that kind of person. So here's an all-important understanding, and I'm not sure as Christians we really, really grasp this. The virgin birth is a wonderful, wonderful part of the Christian story because Jesus had to be born of a virgin. His perfect life is a marvelous thing because his teachings were so wonderful. His great sacrificial death on the cross, how we praise God for that because he in that way paid the penalty for our sinfulness. But I want you to know those things mean absolutely nothing if he didn't arise from that grave. And he did. And hundreds saw him and they gave witness. And that's how we got our Bible. Is because those people who saw that started documenting it and writing it down. This is what we saw. This is what we heard. And then we saw Jesus alive. And because he lives, we too live.
1 Corinthians 15, 14 says, If Christ has not been raised from, then all our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. So, as Christ followers, here's our witness. I'm going to show you a statement, a short statement. And it's the answer to every question. It's this. I believe Jesus died for my sinfulness and rose from the dead. I believe Jesus died for my sinfulness and he rose from the dead. Now really, that's all you have to know. Because you know why? That's your hope. And, and, and we think, well, we've got to just know all this stuff and we're going to share some stuff with you. But we think, i got to know all this stuff to be able to win. No, you don't. All you have to do is to know Jesus Christ as your Savior and have his hope in you. That because he lives, you too shall live. My sins are gone. And I'm alive in Christ. That's why I have hope. Right there's your witness. Right there. So for four weeks, we're going to be learning this truth from the Bible. And uh, I hope it will be very, very helpful. Now, here's your homework. I want you to think this week about the, your answer, your answer to this question. Why am I a follower of Jesus? Why am I a follower of Jesus? If someone says, comes to you and says, are you a Christian? You say, yeah, I'm a Christian. You're a follower of Christ? Yeah, I'm a follower. Why? Let me show you our short answer again. I believe Jesus died for my sinfulness and rose from the dead. But now, you need to have your personal answer. It may be that. Or it may be some other way that you want to express it. But you and I need to have our personal answer so that any time someone asks us a reason for our hope, we can give them that we're prepared to give them an answer. Okay. Can you state it simply? Because it's just your testimony. Are you prepared? And I want you to know, you will be by week four if you attend. You'll be prepared. Then we have no excuse for not sharing our faith with others. Remember again, 1 Peter 3.15. If someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready. That's the word prepared. Always be ready to explain it. Okay? Do you know what I'll bet before this week's over? Somebody's going to ask you. <laughs> what will you say? What will I say? See, if we're reflecting Christ, if Christ is living his life out through us, as we've been talking about, people are going to see that, and they're going to ask, hey, why do you, why do you enjoy your life so much? Man, uh, why do you have hope in the midst of this? How can you work through that? Right, there's the open door. Be ready. Be prepared to give an answer for your hope. So, Lord, I pray you will guide each one of us. Help us to be people who are ready to witness to the uh, 400,000 or more in our area here who, from any external 
appearance. They do not have faith in you. We can't judge them. You know their hearts. You're their creator, their lover. But God, there are hundreds of thousands of people around us every day who are trying to find what is this life all about and where can I find hope and where can I find peace. And some are even saying, where can I find forgiveness for all that I've done? They're just waiting for someone to care enough and to be prepared enough to say, I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and I know he has forgiven me of my sinfulness, and I know that I will be with him forever. God, help us to be prepared. Continue your good work in our lives. Open up doors of witness for us this week. Help us not to run from them, but to run to them and to let you do your work through us. For it's in your name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you're new or want to know more about our Simple Church family, you can visit us online at simple.church or by downloading our simple.church app.